up, Internet? Welcome back to episode three of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixel Par. Hey, guys. On this week's show, we're going to talk a lot about D-pad controllers again, a brand new Nintendo Switch, and a couple updates on our time with Undertale. So before we get started, I just wanted to follow up on last week's controller discussion. I finally got the Hori D-pad controller and I've written a review. It's up on lootpots.com if anyone is interested. I just thought I'd give my thoughts on it a little bit. Um, it's really good. I really, really like it. Probably more than I thought I would. I thought when I got it, the vibrate was going to be like a bit of an issue not having it. But it turned out that kind of the other controller compensates for it and it sort of resonates through the entire Switch. So you, you don't lose that oh, anyway. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I mean, the only real thing I feel that you do, you definitely do lose is the wireless functionality because the motion controls magically work anyway. And Pixel told me that apparently there's some gyros in the Switch itself, which I had no idea. I thought they were just in the controllers. So. No, they're, they're in the actual Switch body as well. Apparently the Switch is just filled with black magic. Yeah, so that <laughs> solves that problem. So you you end up with a controller with a, with a semi-decent D-pad. It sort of feels like um, like a D-pad, I guess, on a, on a Wii remote more than anything Ooh, else. God bless that D-pad. Just a little bit more travel on it than, than that. So it's, it's a fairly decent D-pad. It's, it's a little bit bigger than that as well. Uh, but you, you obviously lose the wireless functionality. But if you are 100% after a D-pad for whatever reason, for me, I, I sucked at Hollow Knight and thought this would make me better, but it hasn't. I'm still terrible at Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you're looking for a D-pad, then you can probably do worse than this. And it's only, I think it's 20, about 25 quid, $25. So it's not, it's not a bad price at all. Really? It's that cheap? Yeah, it's... That's not bad. It's pretty cheap, to be honest. Considering a single Joy-Con is like 40 quid, so it's almost half the price. I love the way that they didn't go with currency conversion. They just went, yeah, it's 25 pounds, 25 and, euros. Yeah. 25. Just use 25, guys. That's <laughs> fine. We'll remember that. <laughs> didn't work for the yen, though. I think it's a little bit more than 25 yen. Oh, damn, that'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I should hope so. Otherwise, I'm getting a Japanese import. <laughs> That's the one thing I wish we had though was the the, the Japanese blue color. Like I've got the the Zelda the Zelda one, which I think is the best looking of the the two that are out currently. So there's currently a, a Zelda Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey variant, and then they've announced this week, which we might get onto in the news section, a Pokemon version, which I personally think looks hideous. <laughs> it's the noisiest looking controller I've ever seen in my life. I don't find any of them to be attractive. I don't understand why they went with these design choices. They don't match with any of the other commercially available Joy-Cons. And, you know, I think I think we talked about this last week about, like, there might be some rights issues with having the exact same colors or something. But, like, come, like, give it, like, mono white, mono black. Like, just give me some basic colors, not these loud, monogrammed, goofy looking. And, like, I love... Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey, but these are just not attractive. Like you said, the Pokemon one is like, it's an eyesore. Like, <laughs> it's like, frankly, a little bit distracting. Yeah. I don't know. I like the Zelda one. That one's all right. If you didn't see the other Joy-Con by the side of it, it would look really good. But when it's yeah. mixed yeah. with one of the other ones, it just looks really out of place. I, I, like, if that... I had a dark green Joy-Con to match it with or something, that'd be great. Yeah. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> to be honest, I, I wish they would do a right Joy-Con that matched and sold them as a pair, even if you still lost the HD Rumble in that aspect. Like games like Undertale that I've been playing this week, it doesn't have Rumble anyway, so you wouldn't miss it. But at least you'd right. have a matching pair that look really cool. I'm not particularly bothered about not having a matching pair because I have I bought the Neon Switch anyway. It had yeah. Had completely different ones, but if you're the kind of person that specifically wants a matching pair, like you went out and you bought the grey one because you couldn't bear to live with two uh, two different controllers. I'm that kind of anal retentive jerk. I bought the blue <laughs> ones day one because I was like they need to match, and I like blue, so. <laughs> So, yeah, so then it's probably not for you, but uh, the only other thing I dislike about the controller are they decided to make a couple of the buttons out of rubber. The minus button's made of rubber, and so is the screenshot button. It sort of feels like, I think the original Game Boy had, like, rubber buttons for start and select, but the thing it most closely resembles is, like, a ZX Spectrum keyboard. It just feels really mushy and horrible when you press it. And the, the minus button in particular, at least on my unit, is it's very high up. So you go to press it and you sort of bend the button rather than pushing it in. Mm. So that's that's a bit of an issue. I might go at it with a scalpel and just cut it down a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing surgery. Other, other than that, it's, it's a pretty good, decent controller and it's worth checking out. But you can read my full review on lootpots.com. So is the uh, Hori D-pad, is it going to live on your Switch permanently now? Or is it, you know, just an occasional use one? I haven't taken it off since. So it's it's pretty much wow. living there permanently. Okay. Yeah. And I guess that, that means that uh, they have fixed the, the battery drain issue that we discussed last week. Yeah, no battery drain problems at all. I did keep cool. an eye on it. Um, so the problem before was if you plugged it into your dock, you'd take your switch out of your dock and your switch would still have no battery because it was just sucking all the battery dry, <laughs> or even while it was charging. Uh, but that seems to be fixed. Curiously, it still does show up as a plain grey Joy-Con and it shows that it's got 100% battery all the time. So it's not like the Switcher knows that it doesn't have a battery and it's just a, a completely different type of controller. It still shows up as a normal Joy-Con, but that it's got full battery all the time. So it's obviously just reporting that the battery is full and doesn't need to take any power. So I've been playing Undertale with that this week, but I've also been playing a little bit of Mario Party. Pick that up on Saturday, it's pretty good. I've only played a couple of the boards so far, but my favourite section is like, they've added this like rhythm game section in called the sound stage, and all the games are like, they're in time with a beat of music, and you can fill the beat through the HD rumble on the Joy-Con. And you have oh, to like wow. time the motion and you like do various different motions. Like there's one where you're running along a like a 3D track and you have to like pull the Joy-Con up to hit the coin block in time with the music. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it's really cool. And there's like one where you're horses and you have to like make them gallop in time with the music and things like that. So if you're rhythmically challenged like me, it was very difficult and my boyfriend won every single game. But <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're a musician or you, uh, you're really good at music, then you're probably going to do pretty well at those. So they were really fun. I'm a drummer, so I always clean up in those games so the fact that they added a ton of them it's like yes mm-hmm. give me those coins yeah <laughs> you're gonna really like those you know the uh the fire jump rope game and like uh i think it's in two it might yes. be in one as well but um like a classic mario party game like i always won that one because it's just like <laughs> guys you just gotta listen to the clock it's it's clicking <laughs> yeah those are really cool probably the coolest section and there's only like four of them it's, like, it's called toad's rec room and it's the same mini game but they can be played in different configurations so you can hmm. dock the 
game in a dock for Switch and it will show one configuration. You can lay it down flat on a table and it will show that same game but from a top down perspective. Or you could hold it in handheld or even connect two switches. So there's like a baseball game and you can connect two switches. Oh, so that's when you can do that. Okay. Yeah, but the, there's like two of them where you can like, there's one where you can like draw and it's like a tank game. But there's one where the, you connect two switches and one person sees it as the batter and one person sees it as the catcher. And all these games can play in different configurations and they, they have a different perspective depending on how you play. It's quite interesting. I'd like to kind of see them explore that a little bit more and, and build upon it. But I thought it was like a, an interesting thing that they even bothered to to spend time exploring and doing. When I saw the trailer for the game, they showed off where, I'm not sure which mini game it was, but where they put the two switches together and you could travel between screens. I just thought that was genius. And I'm surprised they haven't used it in other games yet. Yeah, that's one of the ones in Toad's, in Toad's Rec Room. There's only two of those mini games that you can play where they join together. I think that was the tank one in the trailer, It is, right? yes, the tank one. But I think there's another one. It's like in Donkey Kong's Jungle or something. Um, and you're trying to get bananas. And that also uses two screens. I can't quite remember. I haven't had a chance to try those two Switch ones out yet, but they look really interesting. These two incredibly complex tasks that require two Switches, tank warfare and eating bananas. <laughs> I'd love to see them use it something like um, Triforce Heroes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That would be really fun. I'd love to see it if they used a similar thing where, because you could battle other people like via Street Pass on 3DS. But if you put the two Switches together, you could probably play a level. or yeah. You know what would be really cool is, uh, you remember, I think this was in one of our pilots that never aired <clears throat> when we talked about the uh, the board game ports that are coming to yes. Switch. Yeah. Imagine if you had like four friends and you all put your Switch together and then you could like just see the board. Oh, oh that would be yeah. really good. Catan would be so cool. Like if you put another one together and it like added more islands to Catan. Right, yeah. You know, like the Seafarers one and it like added that on and then you could explore into their Switch to go over. That would be really, really cool. And granted, it's like, you know, if everybody has their own Switch, you could all just like have your own version of the screen which would probably be more convenient but like just for like the wow factor of it like i would definitely do that like oh let's all put our switches in the center of the <laughs> table and pretend we are playing the actual board game <laughs> <laughs> so there we go if you're a game dev there's some free ideas and uh... <laughs> but otherwise yeah mario pie is a great game if you're into mario pie then it's it's worth picking up Good. um but what about you guys you've been playing anything or up to anything this week i've been uh trying to finish undertale which i actually finished about 15 minutes before we started recording oh i am so excited to talk about that i was like i have to finish it in time so i've just i've literally just finished undertale and that's all i've played this week Okay, I'm looking forward to, to talking about that in the game club at the end of the yeah, show then. Steven, yep. are you, have you gotten to the end of the game? I am on my second playthrough. Oh, yes, I'm so glad mm. you did that. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I am very excited uh, to get into the game club. As for myself, <laughs> I know this is now the second week that I promised you I would tell you about Regalia Lost. I, I knew it. I said last week. <laughs> I know. And, and the, the, the messed up part is I uh, I was like, oh, yeah. I'll get time to play it this week and totally forgetting that I was going to New York Comic Con this weekend and that I needed to spend mm -hmm. all of my free time editing last week's <laughs> podcast and like getting ready to go to New York for five days. Uh, so yeah, I spent my weekend at it uh, in New York City for New York Comic Con and uh, I had a great time. I was doing some uh, some stuff with um, with my other podcast, uh, The Comics Pals. We were doing a bunch of interviews and stuff like that. I got to not play any games because the lines were incredibly long, but I got to check some out. Uh, which was nice. I got to see uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 in action, and oh, God, that game is looking really, really good. And considering I've been waiting for it since I was a prepubescent boy, uh, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see how it all nets out. <laughs> I can't believe how long that game's been in development. But that's that's the kind of game I just really want to come to Switch now, and it's just such a 
cry and shame this lot to Sony's platforms. But... I will say though, I like seeing it running in 4K. It's like one of the few games where I don't even want it on Switch. Graphically, like a while ago, I remember thinking the trailers looked a little bit um, square. You know, like it had this very like it looked like a PS2 game just with the graphics like turned all the way up. You know, whereas now it, it's starting to really look and and feel fluid do you think we'll ever see like the older games because i know you mentioned they were originally ps2 games do you think they'll ever port those to another platform like the switch i think they probably might they did it on xbox but like xbox was getting kingdom hearts 3 so like it made sense to do that but they just announced that ultimate collection which is every single one of the kingdom hearts games prior to 3 on like in a collection I could see that coming to Switch. There's no reason why it couldn't. The most advanced game in that collection is a 3DS game. So it's it's definitely possible. I, I don't know if they will do it, but I think I think they'd be kind of silly not to. Have they stated that the new one's definitely not coming to Switch yet? Yeah, I think it was it was specifically coming to PS4 and Xbox One. I don't even think it's coming to PC, right? I don't I don't think it is. No, but that doesn't mean that it's not later because Kingdom or Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy 15 was like that. Uh, where it came to PS4 mm. and Xbox, you know, a full year almost, I want to say, before it came to PC. And that's still not coming to Switch. Right. And I, I don't know that Kingdom Hearts 3 could run on Switch, because it seems very, you know, graphically intense. But the other games are old at this point. Like, you know, the, the versions that we have on PS3 and PS4 are up-resed, you know, or, or remade in the case of Kingdom Hearts 1, because they lost the source code. Um, versions of a PS2 game. <laughs> what? They lost the source yeah, code? Yeah, that's a thing that happened. The original Kingdom Hearts source code was just lost when they went to like remaster it, and they're like, I guess we gotta remake the whole game from scratch. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Just, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you mean you just lost it? You just lost it? You're just moving offices one day, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> Save the source code to one of our most beloved franchises? Nah. <laughs> they probably they probably did the old oh like, that's done I'll just close it now you know pixel exactly what I'm on about right yeah no idea what you mean there mate <laughs> I mean we already exported the game <laughs> <laughs> always reminds me of like that Toy Story um the Toy Story story where they accidentally deleted the entire film <laughs> no way really I've never heard that yeah but luckily one of the people was working um from home and they had a backup of it on their laptop oh my god so they managed to they literally saved i think it was toy story 2 it might have been the first one but wow. they managed to save the entire film just because somebody was working from home what can you imagine it's like that it's like this guy promotion <laughs> 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 Uh, so as Steve kind of teased at the top, uh, we got the reveal of the uh, new Pokemon D-pad controller from Hori, which is... Disgusting. <laughs> I was going to be a little more ginger than that, but I think disgusting is honestly a apt description for this thing. That's my opinion. It's hideous. I think it'd look a lot better if you buy it and you kind of, you know, just get a permanent marker and just color out the yellow and then you've got a, a perfectly black controller. Or if they sold the perfectly black controller with some stickers in the box that you could optionally put on if you wanted to. That would work. So I'm surprised they didn't do an Eevee one as well. I'm really surprised they didn't do an Eevee one. But they also didn't really announce this one. It just showed up on Amazon. Oh, that is true, yeah. So whether there's an Eevee one coming, I don't know. Because, like, why would you do a Zelda, a Super Mario one, and then, oh, to celebrate Pokemon, we're just releasing a Pikachu one. Well, that makes no sense whatsoever. But what also makes no sense is that you can only really play Pokemon Let's Go on the TV. Like, that's how they're advertising it. 
and you can't use this controller on the TV. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's very true. I was kind of surprised that they didn't have an Eevee version, but I guess like when you think about it, it's like Pikachu is the mascot. Yeah. Even though I, I'd personally rather have an Eevee. Oh, that lovely brown color. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's probably <laughs> a good reason too, is that brown and black don't go so well together. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if the other one was white and brown? Ugh. <laughs> oh my god, it would probably be even that'd be, that'd be even worse. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> so I wonder if the reason that they thought, oh, it's fine not to have motion controls and stuff and still release a Pikachu one is because of the Pokeball Plus accessory. They're banking on people buying that and then just using the other one for handheld. Yeah, and Hori have released like a load of other accessories, right? And one of them is the Pokeball Charger. Yeah, they did a Pokeball Plus charging stand. Uh, the one thing about it, though, is it looks like you just put the ball on the charger to charge it, but that's not actually the case. Oh, there's really? a cable in. There's a, inter- like a middle piece of plastic you have to connect to the ball first, oh. and then you place that ball with the piece of plastic into the slot. What? Yeah. Do you know, they really needed to add like wireless charging into that thing, didn't they? Would have been so cool. Yeah, they released a, like a, I think it was a silicon or something cover for it as well. It was a polycarbonate cover that you can still charge the ball while it's on. So it allows you to charge through that ball, through the cover. So I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah, the other stuff that they had out, I was uh, a little less interested in. I thought the, uh, and you can go check out our article on loopots.com. We'll have a link to it uh, down below in the uh, description. But the hard case, I'm not a fan of. So it's it's a hard pouch, not a hard case. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It looks like the, the kind of like the standard Switch soft case just with like Pikachu and Eevee monogrammed on it. And I just, I don't like the font. <laughs> it looks like they're like running through a Windows 95 background. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, it's like the XP Bliss wallpaper, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know about all that. And then like the cart case is very ugly. It's like blue and neon green with white. <laughs> Why did they choose neon green? Out of everything. I have no idea at all. The the weird little backpack thing is at least a little bit more tasteful. I like that. I like the shoulder bag. That's pretty cool, actually, I have to say. I feel like it seems really impractical, but if you need a Switch-specific messenger bag situation, it's got a nice design. I like that. So what's really interesting about that single strap bag is a while ago, we got leaked information about all these accessories, and that bag's been redesigned since. If you go back and look at the original model that they were going to release, it is blue and green and just as ugly as everything else. What What were they yeah, thinking? I'm, I'm looking at that now, but I like the inside of the case that's on the other the other post that we did. Like if that was just all it was, it was like subtle, it had that cool Pokemon Pokeball logo on the outside and then inside it was those cool colors. I'd be into that. Yeah, if they did that on the outside, kind of like the strap bag, that mm. would look so much better. Yeah, I don't mind having, like, gross loud colors as, like, the interior of something. It's like, you know, come on, Nintendo, have you never bought a sport jacket? Like, that's how these things work. You put the weird print inside. (laughs) So moving right along, uh, we also got news of the physical release of a little game called This War of Mine. Yeah, so they've already announced a digital version of it. It's coming in November, and it's a complete edition, so it includes all the DLC from before. It's got the little ones, the stories DLC. This War of Mine stories DLC is actually, it's a trilogy. Um, The first one's called Father's Promise, and that's coming, I think that's already out on other platforms. And then episode two and three are yet to be announced, so I presume there'll be future updates. The physical version is also coming to Switch now, which we didn't know about before. And that's, it's not got an exact release date yet. It's scheduled for sometime in 2018, so it might 
come around the same time as the digital version. It might be a bit later, but if you're a collector and you prefer physical games like I do, it's kind of music to my ears anyway. I definitely tend to fall on that side of things of like liking the physical copies, but I've realized more and more it's like kind of a liability with the Switch. You know, you don't have to like carry the whole, you know, your whole library around with you. Yeah. Because like I know for my carrying case, I have between like 12 and 20 carts in there. Yeah. But... I'm fast approaching a point where that's full. I'm going to have to start cycling games out. And you don't ever, like, I don't know. That's one of those situations I never want to want a game and not have it with me. And uh, I've definitely found it frustrating where I'm like, oh, you know, I feel like just jumping in the Mega Man Legacy collection. And I'm like, why did I get that physical? The thing that gets me is how, in the UK anyway, physical games are always, always cheaper than their digital counterparts. And not by slim margin. It's always like 10 or 20 pounds cheaper every time. Yeah, wow. If you get like um I think Mario Kart or Mario Odyssey or something, like a sixty pound game on the eShop. You could get those on Amazon from or any other shop really from anywhere from like forty two to forty nine pounds. So you save like at least ten quid usually. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. That's that's really interesting. I wonder why that is. I don't think they're allowed to undercut the retailers. Because it's Nintendo selling the digital games, so they probably can't undercut the retailers. Otherwise, it kind of detracts away from what they're providing on retail stores. Sure, sure, yeah. And like, it's just funny because in the States, at least, that's always the explanation for why digital games aren't cheaper, not why physical games are cheaper. Oh. For us, like the, the price disparity is like, unless it's a sale there there isn't one you know like i could go buy a used copy of a game a week later for that price at like a GameStop. but if i buy the physical copy of any game on amazon it's going to be the same price that's really interesting it's totally different our end yeah yeah like i'm looking at mario odyssey on amazon now and they actually seem to sell download codes now which i didn't think they did before that so the download code is 47 pounds 86 but you can get the cartridge and it'll be here tomorrow from amazon prime for 41 pounds Wow. So isn't that in that case is not a lot, it's only six pounds, but you still get you get a physical cartridge, you get the case, it's been posted to you, rather than you downloading it and using your bandwidth, and yet you still save money. It just seems always just seems so backwards to me. Uh, so then we also got the announcement that Guacamelee one is gonna be coming to the Switch with uh, number two rolling right along in December. Is that in line with cause Guacamelee is already out, right? Is that on other platforms? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they previously denied on multiple occasions that it was ever going to come to the switch and then yesterday or as of time of recording guacamelee showed up on the eShop and they announced on twitter that yep guacamelee one's out and guacamelee 2's coming to the switch it's the uh super turbo championship edition yeah yes so (laughs) i was gonna say it's it's totally it's like it sounds like a capcom game <laughs> so it's it seems yeah, I've never played it. Have any of you? No, I haven't. Uh, it's it's a game that like I had on Vita because I got it like as PS Plus once, and I've always meant to play it because I love platformers, but uh, I never got around to it. So maybe maybe now's the time. Yeah, I, I've never played it before, but I have picked it up now. I haven't played it yet, but I've got it. Well, uh, yeah, then uh, maybe maybe you'll have some impressions for us next week. Maybe Guacamelee Two. They mentioned it was coming out in December this year, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. I wonder if they'll do like a a physical release or a pack with both of them or like a bundle on the eShop or something similar. I think a a bundle on the eShop would make sense or maybe a discount if you own the first one. Yeah, similar to like Valkyria 4. If you buy that, you get Valkyria 1 for cheaper kind of thing. I would like to see a dual release on physical cart though, even if it's just a a limited run one or something Mm. like that. 
what I hope they don't do is like a bayonetta style thing where you get one of them on the cartridge and then the other one's download. <laughs> <laughs> that, that annoys me every time. They did it with Resident Evil as well. It just completely eliminates any resale value for the game. And like, if you decide, oh, I don't like this, I'm going to trade it in. Well, you've only got half a game there because one of them's was a download and you downloaded it. Yeah, and I, and I feel like it also is just kind of like it breaks the cohesion. You know, of like being like, I want them both. Like it, like the way with the the Crash uh, Insane trilogy, right? Where you mm-hmm. boot up one piece of software and then it's like, which one do you want to play? You're not like, I have three separate games that I bought as one. And like, obviously, it's not like a huge problem, but it's just a little less convenient. I like being able to just go into the collection that I paid for and choose what I want to play. But uh, we also got some news about new NES games. You know, obviously we already knew that NES Open Golf Tournament, Solomon's Key, and Super Dodgeball would all be coming to the platform. That was kind of announced right alongside the the actual release of uh, the NES Online. But there was a little surprise uh, announced <laughs> this week where they're going to be adding the Legend of Zelda special, which is essentially uh, a ROM hack of the original Legend of Zelda, which gives you a ton of resources at the start of the game, and then once you beat it, gives you the ability to kind of do a new game plus run. Uh, so I thought this was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, as of the time of recording, they haven't even acknowledged it. So it just showed up on the NES app on the Switch and was just there. They never said anything about it. They still haven't tweeted about it, or even on the news channel, it only mentions the three games that they'd previously announced that were coming. It's, like, branded as, like... The Legend of Zelda Special or SP, and then you click like view more, and it's like the life of luxury. You open up the game, you have like 255 rupees, all of the items are unlocked, you've got like a different color tunic, and you can just basically go into the game. So I think it's kind of an easier version of the game for people to kind of go go straight into. You've got the money if you need to buy items, you've got all of the like the the sword and the shield and things unlocked that you can just go and just crack on with the game if you just want to explore and, and find out what it is. It's interesting because unlike the Legend of Zelda, the original NES game, this special edition, when you start it, you don't actually get to choose a save file. Yeah, it's just straight in. You've straight got straight into the game. Really, yeah. it's really weird. On the NES, if you typed your name in as Zelda when you started the game, you'd get to that second quest. You could start that second quest that's included in this one early, straight away. But they've removed the ability to create your name file on the Switch version. So you can't jump straight into that second quest. You actually have to play straight through. That's cool. I haven't played enough to find out if the the name, like what the name is. Because I think it comes up in the dialogue, right? So it would be blah, 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 Steve, if I put my name in. Yeah, maybe it takes your username or maybe it's just Link. Yeah. The username would make sense, though. But either way, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's not obviously it's not that crushing if your name is Link. I mean, uh, <laughs> what other games kind of would you want to see this happen to? Are there any other NES games that you'd like to see kind of have a, a special makeover? I think for me, probably like of the ones that they'd already done, Mario Brothers Three would have been the one that I would have preferred them to do it to. I tell you what, I actually want instead of this special version of the Legend of Zelda they've done. I really, really wish they'd done a version where it was a Breath of the Wild prototype. Yes. Yeah, that would be you so got to cool. Because that, that can't be that hard to implement. It, it already exists. They can just round it off, finish it up. And I know it's technically not a NES game, but it is in a NES style. And it would be absolutely amazing if they released that as part of their Switch Online subscription. Yeah, that was what I was going to bring up. Um, just because I, I remember you mentioned that, I, I think, again, in one of our like lost pilots when we were kind of talking about like what would be cool things to see come to the platform or like how they could update these games because that was part of the pitch, you know, mm-hmm. was like adding some new bells and whistles. This is a super cool way to do that. 
And, uh, you know, I think in terms of other games that could get this treatment, like, I'd be interested to see what they would do with any of them. You know, like, I, I, I love the idea of kind of doing stuff that, you know, like, like the idea of the Breath of the Wild prototype getting a release of just like, hey, like, you know, you know and love this game and in this style. And, you know, it's super easy for us to, like, add a little bit of extra content because, you know, how long does it take to develop a new map in the Legend of Zelda setup? I know we already kind of saw this with Mario Maker, but, like, what if they released, like, you know, like, an extra pack of, like, Mario levels or something like that? You know, of just, like, oh, here's, like, a bunch more levels in the style of Super Mario Bros. 3. That could be really interesting. Like, oh, here were the top 100 from Mario Maker, and we've coded them into a game you can just boot up. I'd like to see um, taking a Mario game, seeing as they're doing modified ROMs now, and switching Goombas with Marios, or you play as Waluigi or something, where you're actually... Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, it's the same courses. Maybe they could flip them, you know, reverse and mirror them. Sort of like what they did with New Super Mario Luigi U, where you, like, swap out the character, the maps are slightly different, modified for the different characters' abilities. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you could play as a Goomba and stomp on Mario and his family instead. <laughs> Or even um, taking like what they did in uh, in Mario Maker, where you had those transformation mushrooms, and like just making that the whole game. You know, like oh yeah, like it's Mario Brother, it's the original Super Mario Brothers, but you play as Mega Man. So it would be interesting. You know, there's, they made a bunch of Mario Maker levels when they released the Mario Maker game on Wii U. Right. What if they took some of those and introduced those into, like, the Mario games as a modified version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying before. Like, what if they took, like, the top 100? You know, like, the the most popular ones that have been curated after all these years and, like, put that out as, like, a pack. Why not, right? Well, anything could be possible now. We know they're modifying ROM, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's, it's, like, super interesting. Like, it, like, blows the whole thing wide open of, like, oh, wow, so literally anything's on the table now. It's really weird, considering they've been so against, like, modifying ROMs and modifying the game previously and it's like now all of a sudden here you go we don't care (laughs) well and now it's them doing it like nintendo's litigious because copyright law is kind of nebulous and part of copyright laws you have to defend your copyright and like do they need to defend it as aggressively as they do probably not but you know i i can't blame a company for being cautious in that situation because that's part of the game you know, is that if you don't defend your copyright, you you have a less legally sound case for defending it if it does come up. Yeah. So uh, the last news story we have to jump into here is uh, definitely the most meaty one. The news that there may be a new Switch coming as early as 2019. Yeah, so it's an interesting one, isn't it? The first story to come out was from the Wall Street Journal, and they are saying they didn't really have a lot of information at all, besides the fact that a new version of the Switch is coming, allegedly, and that it might have a slightly different screen. The subheading that they used was, we'll not use the same screen as the iPhone. It was like the most (laughs) SEO-y, clickbait-y, we've got nothing subheading they could possibly use. (laughs) But um, what we heard from our sources a couple of months earlier to this was that Pascal microarchitecture was on the table for the upgrade. And they could, um, you know, upgrade the current Tegra model to this. I think the Switch is currently the only one on the old architecture right like they've they've moved the shield over to the tegra x2 yeah i believe you're right so it makes sense like nvidia is probably at a stage where they want to shut down production of the x1 move everyone over to the x2 phase that out so why not switch to pascal if it's there it's the chip that everyone else is using it'll give you either better performance or better battery life then it makes sense to kind of switch over yeah definitely what would you guys be interested in seeing in a new model of the nintendo switch 
I think uh, you've already touched on a couple of them for me. Increased battery life would be one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Better internal memory. If if I can increase performance, sure. Like I don't, I haven't had performance issues on my Switch, but I'm always down for things to load faster, run cleaner, and uh, I think that's that's kind of it for me. Like if it was any bigger, I think it would be too big, and yeah. I don't want to lose any screen real estate. Like I, I like the size that it is right now, so like a smaller one doesn't really appeal to me either. Maybe down the line, I could see something like that being interesting, but in terms of just like an up, like a. Uh, a DS to like a DSI situation kind of thing of what's the 2.0. Like I really think that's just it is I want quality of life fixes. The only things I can think of that would really dramatically improve your experience. Cause I think if anything, if they're going to change the screen, it's probably going to be a slightly worse screen. Like what they did with the Vita when they did the redesign of, Oh, we want to bring the price down and make it more manufacturable. So let's put a slightly cheaper screen on it. The screen it has right now is beautiful. I think if we look back to like um, when they had the 3DS revisions coming out, the kind of things they focused on then. Battery was one of the big ones. You went from the 3DS to the XL, etc. And the battery just improved on every single progression. That's probably one of the things that will improve if this new version of the Switch comes out. So you might have your uh, your hopes fulfilled there. I, I think you'll get a better screen rather than a worse screen, like a DS to a DS Lite situation. It might brighten, although I think it needs to be much brighter unless you're in direct sunlight. I think the one thing I could see them doing with the screen is reducing the absolutely ginormous bezel around the edge. Mm. It's very large, especially mm, on the left true. and the right. Bring that in a little bit, you get a kind of a less wide device. Uh, I think performance is definitely going to improve, especially if they switch to Pascal. I don't think they'll see that as the focus. I don't think they'll drive for 4K. I think it'll be, we'll use this to get a better frame rate if it happens. So, like, you might have less slowdown in Zelda. You might have, you'll definitely have better battery life, I think. Either from a bigger battery in there or probably most likely just a more powerful, efficient chip that will automatically give you the better battery life. I think probably... Uh, they'll aim for it to be lighter. The Wall Street Journal article said that they're looking to change the technology that's in the screen. My guess is it's going to be a, um, rather than a, a separate display and digitizer, it'll be laminated just like it is on phones and it'll be a single unit which should make the device be able to be thinner or lighter. I don't think they can go much thinner because of the Joy-Con rails. So you'll probably mm-hmm. end up with the same thickness because I don't think they'll want to lose backwards compatibility with the Joy-Cons. I think they will have a bit of an uproar if they decide to do that and end up having kind of that uh, segmentation. I feel like if it was too much thinner, you'd run the risk of it being flimsy. Because, like, I think one of the things I really like about the Switch is that it has weight to it. It could be a little lighter so that it would be easier to, like, hold above you or whatever. But I like the fact... It's Nintendo, right? Like, they obviously have a really big segment of their audience being children... And you could snap a 3DS in half. If you have a kid that can snap a Switch in half, your kid is like Hulk. You know, I mean, like- they could easily <laughs> snap those Joy-Cons off the rails, though. That That's is, true. They are so flimsy to come off. It's just a piece of plastic holding that in. Larry, Larry easily replaced, though, whereas the actual body of a console isn't. Yeah, and, and they, yeah. They, they specifically said they went with the plastic screen rather than glass for that very reason, that they didn't want it to be smashable. Yeah, and I, I think that's super important. I, obviously, like, just from the consumer perspective, of you don't want your screen to break. But again, children are using this thing. And if you don't think it's going to get tossed across a room at some point, like, you're probably, you probably haven't spent a lot of time with children. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, 
You want something that's sturdy and that has that really hefty build quality. I think Nintendo found a really good balance this time with something that is sleek and, and like, I hesitate to use this word in regards to tech, but sexy. Whereas, like, the Wii U and even the 3DS, like, they feel like toys. You know, they feel like um, they're that thick, chunky plastic. It's almost like a leap pad tablet or something, the, you know? Yeah, like, that, that Wii U gamepad. Did you ever open inside them? No, I never. I Inside never the gamepad, they'd used about 60% of the space for actual components. The rest was just empty, crappy plastic. <laughs> and I was so disappointed when I got the gamepad for the Wii U. I was like, oh, it doesn't really feel like a premium product to me. No. Whereas the Nintendo Switch does. Yeah, glossy plastic, crappy resistive screen. It was, yeah. It was like fingerprint showed up on that thing like crazy. I I remember the first time I pulled the Switch out and I felt like the mat on the Joy-Cons. I was like, oh my God. The Switch is my favorite Nintendo console in terms of just aesthetic. I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. I love the UI. Like I I think design-wise, the Switch is nearly perfect. I don't feel like they need to innovate too much where that's concerned. The only thing I I think that we'll ever see that would be like a major redesign is I think there's a possibility that one day we get like a 0.5 version of the Switch like we did with the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X where it's like beefier, bigger, whatever. Or maybe it's, you know, always docked or something like that. And it's a little more of a powerhouse. Or I could see them going in the opposite direction and doing one that's handheld only that's like more of a like a DS kind of competitor or like successor where yeah. it's like the Joy-Cons don't come off and it's just like a Vita, you know, where it's a little smaller, they're always connected, and if you want to use Joy-Cons on them, you have to have like an external set that you can use for motion controls and stuff. I think that is the two directions Nintendo could go in with the Switch. They're either going to release a kind of deluxe premium Switch possibly got a glass screen it's made for the older audience that are willing to spend a bit more on the console or they're going to go for a kind of efficient possibly slightly smaller you know get rid of the bezel like you said Stephen. cheaper version of the switch and the two directions that they could go in would either of those options appeal to you as a kind of day one original switch owner i get so much use out of my switch that i would probably buy a, a switch pro if they ever did one like a deluxe uh, model yeah the, the, a nice glass screen maybe they do like more like thicker joy cons maybe one with a d-pad with some grip on it or something that is kind of more of a design for i guess adult hands than the joy cons but i agree with p i think he, they could do a console only version because i think there are some people that just want a console and they are probably ignoring the switch because they think it's a handheld and you go for the home console only but then also vice versa there's the people that want the handheld only but they already sell a variant of that in japan with no dock if you just want a handheld and that shaves like 80 dollars off the price so if, if that's something you want they could potentially bring that to other markets but i think this time around it's just going to be a revision i don't think they're ready for a a pro version or anything yeah, similar not yet but to answer your original question pixel i think i'd be more interested in a, a pro like an upgrade to the switch is something i could definitely like if they made it so there's an easy way to transfer all my data over to a new switch and it's objectively a better unit i would almost definitely do that in terms of like a smaller more portable one that's not really something i'm interested in um i think that would be really attractive for families with kids and for the same reason the 2ds was attractive you know, yeah. um, cut costs as much as you can, get it to the bare minimum. I say Nintendo, they're not adverse to cutting away the key features of the handhelds either, are they? Because with the 3DS, a big selling point was 3D. And then the later model, they took that away. It's like, yeah, yep. you, you don't need the 3D. Here's a cheaper model. 
I wonder what they could kind of take away from the Switch. Maybe it is just a portable now, or the Joy-Cons can't be removed. I think that would to be kind the of cheapest make way to do it. It's just make yeah. a, a, the smallest case that you can that can fit the components and has Joy-Cons built on. Yeah, the problem you got with that is things like Labo just go out the window because you you probably wouldn't have the IR sensor on the bottom of the right Joy-Con. You couldn't take those off and put it in any of the stuff. So yeah. I don't know whether they're ready to do that yet. You'd still technically be able to connect another Joy-Con via Bluetooth. It just wouldn't be able yeah. to be replaced on the and console. But the, kind of the way Labo works at the moment, though, is you put that Switch unit in a lot of them. The piano, the handlebars, mm. the screen goes in it with the Joy-Cons on the side. That wouldn't be feasible unless they did two versions of Labo, one for the original Switch and one for the handheld only. Yes, considering that then, I guess like a premium model is kind of the only way they can go forward without losing some kind of backwards compatibility. Maybe we'll see a Switch Pro next year. That's going to wrap it up for the news segment this week. If you guys want to let us know what you're thinking about uh, this or any other story that we've discussed, uh, what you're playing this week, or what games you're most looking forward to, remember you can get in touch with us by writing to us at the Potscast at lootpots.com or by following at lootpots on Twitter and you know shooting us a tweet about what you're thinking about these weekly episodes. And as always, go visit us at lootpots.com where we've got all kinds of Nintendo news, features, rumors, reviews, videos. Basically, if, if it's Nintendo-oriented, we got it for you. So that's going to bring us into talking about what's out this week on Nintendo platforms. As usual, mostly Switch titles, uh, the first of which is Child of Light, which should be dropping on Thursday, so the day before this is going to post, because it seems as though we're uh, we're posting these on Friday, not Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if it is Friday, out today is Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS Uh, in North America. It'll be coming to you European listeners a week later on the 19th. Uh, And then we've also got The World Ends With You, Final Remix, coming to switch that's one i'm really excited for i've never played this game before uh so i'm excited to give that one a shot yeah i haven't played it either but it looks quite interesting i've heard that i've not played it either so i'll be picking that one up that could be one Ooh. for a future game club then there we Maybe go that's our next game club uh, I'm down for that. Uh, cool. So then on Tuesday, October 16th, we've got Lego DC Super Villains, which looks like a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas, which is, if you're not familiar with it by name, is that game that has all the uh, the Star Fox content. It's that kind of toys to life thing that we've seen Nintendo kind of get behind with Ubisoft. NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, which is the arcade NBA uh, 2K franchise. So if you're in the mood for some arcade sports games, that might be one to keep an eye out for. Uh, we've got the original Valkyria Chronicles, which is coming to Switch finally. And uh, if you did buy Valkyria 4, you'll be getting a discount. So make sure you go claim that. And then last but not least, on Wednesday, we've got Jackbox Party Pack 5, which if you are not familiar with the Jackbox games, these are a rip-roaring good time at parties. <laughs> yeah, we spoke briefly about them last week, I think, saying because you were saying Mario Party is the best party game. And I said, no, I think Jackbox trumps that. It's And if it doesn't, it's certainly... Uh, the neck and neck. Yeah. The two games that have party in the title. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there are a couple new games in Jackbox this time around, uh, as you know, if you're familiar with Jackbox, you would know that, but we've got, uh, what is it, five new ones? So uh, there's You Don't Know Jack, which is pop culture trivia. Um, so this is one that is actually a returning game mm-hmm. that they've just added new content for. It was the original game before Jackbox. They made You Don't Know Jack. And it was it's oh, okay. their trivia game, and it's coming to Jackbox Party Pack 5. Then there's, like, uh, four new games, Split the Room, where uh, people have to, like, create hypothetical situations and then come up with solutions to them. 
uh, Mad vs. City, you each have to do a rap lyric, a following rap lyric. So you're, there'll be one on the screen, then the next person follows, and then follows on from that. So that's kind of kind of... I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, patently stupid, you have to come up with an invention, and then someone has to match that up with a solution for that invention. So you might come up with a name of something, and then they have to match that up, and then you have to vote and choose which one it is. And then uh, Zeepal Dome, you have to like fight off bloodthirsty aliens to win millions of Zuba bucks. So, so this seems quite interesting. I'll probably check those out. Zuba bucks. Yeah, it's definitely one for in the run-ups of Christmas. Jackboxes always kind of makes an appearance at our house. Yeah, it's a great game to play with your family. If you've got non-gamers in your life, everybody pulls out a phone. It's just clicking things. It's very little, you know, it's not skill-based. It's just like, who can be the funniest? And they're, they're a great time. If you've never experienced them, I think my one gripe with the Jackbox series, actually it's two gripes. One, they should make it easier to buy all of them at once. And two, I really wish that it was like DLC, not new games every time. And I'd still pay full price because I want it all in one package. It's so annoying when you're like, oh, I want to play this one. Which Jackbox is that in? Oh, like, you know, and you have to like, oh, let's go play this one. Let's close it out and open up the other one. Just give me them all in one nice tight package and I'd pay an exorbitant amount of money for that. Uh, so that's it for Games Out this week. Some some really good ones, I think. So if any of you uh, listeners at home end up picking up some of these and you have thoughts on them, make sure you write in and let us know what you're thinking at uh, podcast at lootpots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lootpots.com. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. And uh, if you're interested in us doing The World Ends With You as our next game club, let us know. So we're doing our Undertale game club now, and I've finally, finally finished Undertale, so I can I can talk about everything without spoiling it for myself and you guys Let's spoiling go. it for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I finished it this week as well, and oh my god, that I was not expecting that ending. So, which, which part of it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because you mentioned that there were different endings depending on how you played. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my ending might not be the same as yours, Stephen, okay. apparently. I got the neutral ending, because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, I don't know what you got. How did you play it? Did you fight every single person in the game, or did you kind of save some people? Um, I saved some of the little monster guys, but I killed everyone who looked okay. kind of like a boss. I, I think you probably got the genocide oh, you killed all ending. The <laughs> I got a bad ending, did I? So here's the thing. Uh, you both got neutral endings, because you know if you got the genocide ending. Because the way you got the genocide ending is you have to kill every single monster in the game, not everyone you encounter. Okay. So yeah. uh, the way to do that is you literally have to stay in every single section of the map until you'll eventually get like a notification where there's like nobody's left. Like there's nobody left for you to kill here. Move on. Wow. Oh, okay. No, um, I didn't do that. It, and like the music changes, it gets very sinister. Okay. I'm looking forward and, like, to playing it, that mode. I'm, playing it I'm telling you, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your your heart is not going to be prepared for it, especially because I are you right now? I imagine you're going for the like the good ending yes. now, right? Where yep. you're, not, you're you're sparing everyone. Mm-hmm. And now I know that like I need to save the spider donut, that bloody butterscotch pie that I ate right at the beginning. I need that right at the end. So I why, know why do you need that at the end? I, well, you can find out, but you know the you don't you don't need it. But it makes, but it, it, makes it a lot, lot easier. easier. The, yeah. the, it's the guy's wife, right? You know that weird goat woman that you said you hated? The one I murdered, yeah? Yeah, the person right at the end who you fight, Asgore, that's his ex-wife. Oh, so, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I want to I want to see my wife now, or whatever. 
and you like give him the butterscotch pie that she made, then he like he's happy and was just like, oh, I don't need to fight you anymore. No, so when I played against him, he like fell on his knees at the end and he was like, oh, you know, you should kill me. So I was like, fine, yeah, I'll kill you. So I just killed him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but he... you know, you had to fight him before that, right? No. No? Wait, what are you, what are you talking about, Steve? Like, you mean like the, 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 just the regular fight with Asgore or do you mean? Yeah, so like I got to the end, I went through to that room, it came up, he got his big red fork thing smashed off the mercy button yeah right and uh then i fought and then i f- like fought him for a mm-hmm. bit right then i killed him yeah actually no i think i saved no i did kill him yeah you can't you can't save him the first time yeah i killed him and then i moved on but prior to that he was like talking about how he wanted to see his wife or whatever there's that there's that story when you're walking down the corridor and it's talking about like how they had like a, a little girl or a little kid that was a human, and then they they took yeah. them, they died. They took them through to the human world, and that's when like Asgore find out that, that all the humans hate him because they thought that he killed the his his kid, and that, that's right. obviously why she's so connected to you in the beginning was because like it reminded you of her human kid that she had, her human so child. So before she was you walked to. before you walked to that hallway, did you walk round the other side of the room and to the, the coffins? Yeah, they've got a bloody coffin yeah, with your name coffins. on it. That's why I killed him, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, I gotta put this dude in the ground before he puts me in the yeah, ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was the next bit that really was the, for lack of a better word, total mindfuck. With the with the flower, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not, totally not expecting it. It was amazing. And I found out, like, because I, I went online after, that the game actually crashes on the PC. Is that right? It does, yeah. So that was really interesting, the fact that it crashed, and then you open it, and you're just like, what the hell? Yeah, that ha- and I remember the first time it totally just got me. I was like, oh, no, what a terrible time for the game to crash, and it opens back up, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's incredible. I just, I could not believe it. It was absolutely bizarre, but it was really, really awesome ending. I loved it. And then, obviously, now that I'm playing the second time through, things have changed. Like, the flower's not there at the beginning because I killed him. Think, and, like, like, that. like, Sans comments on the fact that he's met yeah, you before. Yeah, and, like, um, and Toriel is like, oh, she's looking at me like I'm a ghost. Like, how is that possible? Uh, because, obviously, you've already done it all before. So, it's really interesting. I found Asgore really, really easy compared to some of the other bosses or mini-bosses, whatever they're classed as. Well, do you know why that is? It's because you, you leveled up a lot from killing people. Okay, <laughs> that would make sense. The last fight is supposed to be, like, really... It's really hard, but if you go... If you just fight, it's way easier. Yeah, I went I went into um, it without even stocking upon food before I went in. I just went in for him, and it was fine. Oh, God, now <laughs> I was, like, hitting the dog residue, trying to get the salad over and over again, like, a million times. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. I killed hardly anyone. Yeah. I was only, like, level three. And I found Undyne a lot harder than Asgore. Undyne was hard. The spider was bloody difficult. Muffet. I had the same experience where I... I in my original playthrough, I, I killed a few of the bosses. Like, I killed Undyne because she was so hard I couldn't figure out how to spare her. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I have to play again to get the good ending anyway. I'm just going to kill her. We got a little off uh, away from the thing I wanted to bring up, which is that you guys both got the neutral ending. And each one has, there's multiple permeations of it. So who who was left in charge of the underground in your story? I don't know. I'm on the, so I say I finished it. I'm on the flower thing and I stopped because we started recording. Okay. All right. So, okay, so, so you I, haven't gotten to I the I chose to erase end. the world. Okay. And now I'm at the flower bit and it's on pause next to me right here. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right. know who's in charge of mine, but Sans and Papyrus are like, come back and visit us. 
that's them then. Yeah, that's when when they're the ones who call you. They're like they're like yeah, like I guess we're like left in charge of the underground. Oh now yeah, he's like head who's... of the royal guard. He's replaced uh-huh. Undyne because I guess yep. I killed Undyne. I killed yeah. I killed Papyrus, so I'm guessing he won't be in charge of mine. You killed Papyrus. Yeah, I killed what him. What a monster! What the hell? I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, I killed him. He just him. wanted to make you spaghetti, Pixel. You can't kill Sans, though, and he gets really pissed off at the end. You walk down the little corridor a bit near the end, and he's like, gives a little speech, and he's like, so why did you kill my brother? And I was like, yeah, oh, I'm no, I actually like Sans. <laughs> did you, so, Pixel, did you have to fight Sans or no? No, you don't fight Sans. Okay, because you, you can fight him. I think I think you only fight him in the genocide ending. Oh, uh, okay. He meets you at that same part, wow. and he's like, you're a goddamn monster, and I'm going to end you. And he's actually the toughest enemy in the entire game. Oh, that's interesting. Well, to be honest, I think Pixpar is a monster for killing Papyrus right now, so... Yeah! I can't well, believe so that. He... Basically, anyone, anyone that boy. said they planned to kill me at any point, I thought I'm killing them before they kill me, because I don't know what the ending is going to be like. <laughs> I don't know. I know there's multiple endings, and it might affect the ending somehow, so I'm going to kill everyone that even mentions killing me. What did you think Jesus. of the robot? That was really funny. <laughs> Metaton is like the best. When he goes into it. his when he goes into his neo form as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I had to do that a couple of times and I was I was really happy that they let you flip the switch on the back and like skip through all that stuff and it's just yeah. like yes. it's just oh like oh tell him to turn around and it's like, Oh, there's something cool over there and then you like flip the switch and you go straight into that section. So I was really pleased that they did that. And he does that yeah. little dialogue as well where he kind of says what's going to happen before with, I think uh-huh. it's Alfie's, is that right? Yeah, and the then doctor actually... that has like a crush on you. Yeah, and then it plays out that way. So that was interesting. I'm not sure if that has any particular meaning or not. But... How old are you meant to be though? Because I did find that a little bit creepy. Because I thought a you were very, a very, very young kid. So why is the doctor like into you? I think you're misinterpreting it as romantic interest, Stephen. Like I think cause... that's what the doctor, that's what Metaton said, right? During the show that she had a crush. Yeah, but I... I think, like, he's more, like, trying to, like, pick on her okay. because, like, it, it's tough for me to, like, I'm dancing around something that I don't want to spoil okay. for you now that you're doing the the pure good ending, but play through it and see how you feel about, about it okay. in a bit because she has another romantic interest. And I think that the takeaway is supposed to be more that she, like, admires you because you're powerful and, okay. like, able well, to affect change fine. in the I'm world. I'm fine. That's, that's cool. I think I know who the other romantic interest is because I think it was mentioned when I was playing. Probably. Uh, probably because you iced that poor person. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't spoil it for you, Stephen. Okay. All right. I'll find I'll find out. But um, I'm definitely going to continue with the second playthrough. I'm not as like, oh, I need to get through this. I need to finish this as I was. I'm just kind of like dipping back into it now and again because now I've seen everything. It is pretty much all the same. It's quite nice to see the different points when it's just like, oh, this is different. Oh, the flower's not there. Oh, she knows uh, who, like, they don't know who I am, but she kind of senses that I know them. Those kind of things are nice. From Undyne on, there's a lot of content you haven't experienced yet. I know right now it's a lot of samey stuff, but once once you get it to about the halfway point, there's like two or three major beats in the story that you haven't experienced at all okay. yet because you have to be on the perfect ending path and you're not, you can't get a perfect playthrough the first time either. Really? Yeah, it's impossible. I wonder how many people just missed all that though. Because like they were just like, oh, I finished the game and I'm just going to, I'm going to walk away because I've had that experience and then never went back to it. Probably more people than there should be, but I don't think it's that many because the conversation around the game when it was new was so 
like everyone was talking about it and everyone was like oh you have to play it twice you have to get the true ending yeah you when know? you like, said that to me last uh, episode i was just yeah. like oh no I, i'm never into those kind of i need to play it again i know it's like near automata was like that and i was just I don't even want to play the game because i'm gonna end up having to play it eight times to see all the different endings and this is the one game where i feel like it's worth it and it's not it is not that long like i think it was like five, six hours in total right. it took to get through the thing. So I could finish that again. But I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to finding out what's different. But yeah, at the moment a lot of it is feeling very similar. For the perfect ending, you have to kind of let everyone live, right? Yeah, you, you can't kill anybody. You need so, to spare like every monster that you I, you might be able to get away with killing like one or something i think you need to spare every single character that you encounter to get the, like the pacifist ending which is the one that is like the true ending of the story it's a lot easier than you think though because what now that i'm playing it through it is that i didn't attack the dummy in the in the ruins mm. and a lot of the people are yellow from the beginning oh uh, yeah i was gonna say because muffet the spider attacks you she attacks you because you don't have ninety nine thousand currency yes. to purchase something. but if you save the donut from the ruins because you know when you because i saved her and and right at the end it was just like i was just like is this ever gonna end and i think it must have been like on my thousandth turn she was just like oh i've just heard wh- word from the ruins that you bought a donut down there i guess you aren't that bad after all and then she goes away i bought a donut so, from there but but you I- killed her <laughs> So, so I didn't need to kill her. You didn't need to kill her if you buy a donut in the ruins. Well, I did buy a donut. She, she's a one character I felt bad for killing because after you kill her, there's a little animation of a tiny little spider comes along, sort of looks and goes, hmm, walks away, get, <laughs> gets a little flower and carries a flower to the area where she died and places it on the floor. I was like, oh man, I feel so bad now. <laughs> was there anything you had to look up while you were playing it? No, I was fine on my playthrough. I think I may have missed some optional bits at the beginning. Did either of you guys find Temtown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to miss. There's a there's a town filled with these little cat people called Temmies. No, I didn't go there, no. <laughs> yeah. Keep an eye out for that one okay. uh, this time around. It's the only shop in the world where you can sell items. Yeah, because every single time it's just like, why is this guy trying to sell me items, don't you know? Like, why would I want any of your junk? <laughs> You do get you do get a dialogue prompt telling you where it is That's, uh, just before you get there. Someone recommends yeah. you go here to sell okay. stuff. All right, I'm I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye out for it. It is really easy to miss because I remember my first playthrough. I didn't find it until I couldn't beat Asgore and was like, "Well, I don't have any money and I don't want to kill anybody, so I need to go find a place to sell. like." There's got to be a place to sell this crap. Yeah, I didn't have any money. That's why I was just using the dog residue over and over again to get the salad. <laughs> I, I found the village purely by accident because I walked around to a park and got to a dead end and tried to go in a different direction, accidentally found it. Okay. Uh, yeah, the only thing I looked up was the music thing because there was no oh, there yeah, was piano. no way I was going to be able to figure out that tune from the bloody raindrops. You didn't... I suck at music. I am seriously the w- most musically challenged, rhythmically useless person ever yeah so i that's one of those things i could totally understand you having to look that up so I, like i, I didn't I have to if you're not if you don't have an ear for music it's like what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah like, that's, that's literally i was just like what the hell like i've got this umbrella i there's this thing i put it on there because it was raining on him and i was just like i have no idea what i'm meant to do like i thought it was going to come up with like the actual button that i should be pressing like a b x y like those <laughs> kind of buttons but no you just sort of realized what the note was, but there was no way that was going to happen. So, but I absolutely love that dog that like jumps in your inventory and eats everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's awesome. I'm I'm thinking of buying like a lapel pin of the of the little dog now. I just love him so much. I love it. I have I have two of them actually. I have like a, a round one, and then I have like a uh, you know like a enamel what pin. Yeah, enamel yeah, pin. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. I was looking at. That's so cool. It's funny because uh, Toby Fox, who's the creator of the of the game, uh, like he considers the dog like his character. Oh, okay. It's like this is my stand-in in the world. It's just this like dopey little dog. <laughs> No, I really like the dog. You get the dog residue, and I was like, oh, for God's sake, you know, I didn't get the item. So I dropped in it, I picked it up, and I was like, actually, no, I better use it first, see if it does anything, it just fills your inventory with it. <laughs> yeah, and you just have to keep, like, dumping and eating, dumping and eating until you get the salad, and then the salad might do something, it might not do something. It, like, yeah. might give you two health points. And, like, you're in the middle of a battle, and you're just like, oh, well, i got left a dog salad. I hope it maxes out my health. Oh, absolutely, like, just two health points. Great. Awesome. Yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. It was good. I'm glad I played it. It wouldn't be one I'd normally pick up if it hadn't been recommended to me. Just the overall game itself is really, really good. And if you haven't played it, I would recommend you play it at least once. Well, I mean, if you haven't played it, you really should not have listened to anything of what we just said. But um, <laughs> Because <laughs> Very we just totally ruined the game for you. But you should still play it. But I, it's on my probably all-time favourites list now. It was, it was, I enjoyed it that much. I am the same as you, though. Pixel. I looked at the game and the and the it just. I don't think it advertises itself very well. It looks awful in the screenshots yeah. and like the video or the trailer for it is like some weird anime thing. It's just the most bizarrely marketed game I've ever seen. And like you're right, but I I think it, it's a game that you like. You have to just go into blind. Like you have to go into it with like what is this weird, crappy little looking game that everybody says is so great and then it surprises you. You know, and like, I really do think that's part of the appeal is not knowing what you're like thinking, oh, it's this goofy, like throwback RPG. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow. No, there's all there's a layer of depth here that I was not expecting. Lo- loads of story. There's like a really interesting battle mechanic that I've not seen in anything else. Like the fact and that the you can lore just... of the world is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, graphically in places, it is really impressive. Like, I know it's an 8-bit I think style, it's beautiful. but I think in some places it's hideous, but in other places I do agree it is beautiful. The very, very beginning of the game, when I played it, I was like, this looks so basic, because there's no intricate details or anything at the very start, is yeah. there? I was like, am I really going to play this for however long it is? And I was mm-hmm. questioning whether I should continue playing it at that point. But as you do get later on in the game, it... it starts to improve the way it looks or maybe you just get used to it but yeah the game the gameplay is fantastic i think it's a bit i think it's a bit of both like you get used to it but there are also those those visual like flares like the fire and the rain and then like mm-hmm. the throne room looks really beautiful it with like the the like flowers or the greenery that's around the chairs and stuff and i, I liked the throwback like when you go to the castle and i didn't 100 percent understand it until like i i thought about it a little bit but i think she uh, Turiel had re- replicated the castle, is that right? Like, she had cloned what the castle looked like. Because you go up to the castle and it looks the same as the house that you're at at the beginning. Or yes. was I in there at the beginning? No, I, I you're, you're right. The, the style of the house is, is similar to the castle. It's just that it's identical, mm-hmm. but a different color. Like, yeah. I guess they just did a palette swap. Yeah. I believe that's the case. And, uh, yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm really glad you guys have gotten something out of it. Uh, Steve the Fetty said it's one of your all-time favorite games. That is so heartening to me. I'm really glad you guys uh, took my word and, and gave it a shot. Uh, and you guys are both planning to finish your second playthrough this week so we can have our final discussion on it next week, yes? 
I may not finish it this week just because I'm reviewing a game, but we it may be the week after. All right, if if we have to wait one additional week, that's acceptable. But by <laughs> by the that next episode, uh, so we'll be back with at least one more Undertale Game Club either next week or the following week. Uh, but it has been an absolute joy to discuss the game with you, gentlemen, again, and uh, I'm I'm really glad that that you had a, a good experience with it. And uh, if you listeners have had the entire game spoiled for you at this <laughs> point and haven't played it, we highly recommend you give it a shot. And I, I think just let us know what game you'd like to see us tackle next. I think we've all expressed interest in doing the world ends with you if you have another idea for a game that you think would be a good fit for our book club uh, let us know we definitely like to keep them i think in the the more indie space if we can which is obviously we're already playing in the face of that by throwing out a square enix jrpg <laughs> how long is that jrpg though it's not like persona 5 i'm we're gonna have to invest no. 150 hours into it it's probably like so 20 or not, 30 but <laughs> that's fine i can do 20 or 30 but when it comes above that that's when my like the jrpg attention span just yeah, I, I'm the same. Yeah, I, I do I lose agree. interest when they drag games out. Yeah, and even if I don't lose interest, sometimes I just burn out of like, you know, I've spent 40 hours in this game and there's another 60. Oh, I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, if, if you've got a suggestion, remember, you can write into us at uh, podcast at, at loopots.com and let us know what you're thinking or hit us up at loopots on Twitter and let us know what you thought of the episode and what game you'd like to see us tackle next. And until then, we'll catch you on the next episode of the podcast. See ya. Bye.